0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Numbers today. The book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 32 Numbers chapter 32 in your Bible Join with me if you will in prayer Dear gracious Father Lord we pray this praise you and thank you for the privilege the honor to come before your uh your throne and and to Allow us, Father, to, to worship you and to exalt you. And, and Father God, we pray that as we study your word, as we seek to be uh, lifted up and, and uh, placed within your presence, Lord, that we might hear your voice, that we might understand your calling for our life. And Lord, help us to, uh, to magnify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. X, uh, Numbers chapter 32 is is where we are in our study now. Uh, we've been looking at the uh the why, and this is today is the last uh sermon in why. We we uh talked about why we should uh trust the Bible, why we should uh, um, uh, believe in God, why we should do various things. And today we're going to look at the last one. And uh, the last one is why we sh- we should be afraid of sin. Okay. And uh, one of the things that I was thinking about when uh, uh, thinking about how to start off this this morning was is that I was reminded that at one time, my brother had a fascination with uh, uh, boomerangs. And he bought a boomerang while we were on vacation in Myrtle Beach one year and it was uh, red plastic. Now boomerangs are usually made out of wood. Uh, They are used by uh, the uh, uh, Australian Aborigines to uh, hunt with and they use them as a weapon. And uh, But my brother had seen a boomerang in a cartoon or something. I don't know where he had had, uh, heard about them before. And he saw one while we were on vacation in one of those shops where they sell T-shirts and all kinds of crazy things. Uh, It's usually stuff you buy at the moment, and you think, "Boy, I got to have this." And by the time you get home after vacation, you wonder, "Why in the world do I have this? Uh, why is this in my uh, in my life?" And but my brother didn't, uh, and my brother used it while we were on vacation. He uh, he had the wide open spaces uh, there at the beach, and he could throw it, and and he he had to learn and develop a, 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 the the correct way of doing it, and he had a little instructions that showed him how to, but of course, that's nothing compared to actual practical application. Let me tell you, they can tell you to hold it a certain way and throw it, and unless you actually do it, you just don't know what you're doing. And that was basically what my brother found out. He didn't know what he was doing. And he he started to throw that, but it's uh, a boomerang is not just a curved stick. It's not just a regular stick. It is basically two plain uh, wings joined together, and they're joined together in such a way that uh, when you throw it at just the right angle, now that boomerang will catch the the wind and it'll lift it, and to the point where the other wing begins to have effect on the wind that flows over that that plane as well and it causes it to to dip and turn so that it will turn and come back. Now, uh, if you're actually good at it, and I didn't ever see my brother do this, but I know that you can actually uh, throw it and hit it on the ground and cause it to pop up and basically instead of doing a big arc uh, that takes about 50 yards to come back to you, Uh, you can hit it and make it go straight up and then come back to you. Most of the time, I was just hoping and praying he didn't throw it and hit me because I was the little brother. I was the one, hey, I need a target. Who, Who better to have than a little brother? Run, Carl run, and no he he wasn't mean or menacing; he just pretended like it accidentally hit me when uh, while he was out there trying to learn how to do it, and the other thing that I always hoped and prayed what prayed for was is that he wouldn't throw it and not just uh, come back and hit me, but that he would hit. Uh, our house and bust out a window or something, uh, but he he learned how to uh, to throw it in such a way that it would go up and come back around. Now it doesn't come always come exactly right back to where you are, but it comes back towards you. And if you're not uh, if you're good at it, you can throw it and and it come back and you catch it, and you're able to catch it. Most of the time he had to throw it and run after it and uh, he, he got the hand of, handle of it but it was it was something that always came back and really when you think about it uh in, in our daily life uh, sins the same way uh, you, when you have sin in your life it's going to come back and get you and that's really what we are looking at today is the understanding that eventually it's going to come back and, and it can do damage to you. Um, uh, sin is that way. It's just like a boomerang. It comes back and it hits you and it, and it uh, always causes you damage in your life. Now, uh, gamblers had an old saying and that, that is, no, uh, there's no such thing as a sure thing. There's no such thing as a sure thing in gambling and there's no such thing as a sure thing in boomerangs either or in with sin. Uh, your life is is uh, uh you know a is a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. And uh today I want to share with you about the fact that uh we live in a, in, a, in, a, in a life that if we sin, if we allow sin to come into our life, we can be sure it will come back. But we, we're not always sure of how it will affect us when it comes back to us. There's no sure thing as to how our sin is going to... Well, I can do this little thing because it's a little sin. It'll only affect me a little. Or I'll do this a little bit bigger thing and it'll affect me just a little bit more but it won't affect me that much. We're not assured of that. So the best thing to do is not... Uh, if you don't want to get hit by a boomerang, what do you do? You don't throw a boomerang, right? And if you don't want sin to come back and and, and hit you and to cause you grief and pain, you don't allow sin into your life. Now, in Numbers chapter. Uh, 32 we're at a position in which the children of Israel are coming into the promised land. They're getting to the place in which God is about to uh, take them into uh, the promised land and, and uh, God uh, uh, tells Moses that the thing that they are to do when they come into the promised land is, is that they are all to go as one nation to go and to take the land that they are to go as a nation across the uh, the the uh, the Jordan River into the promised land and to take and possess it that God was going to go with them that God was going to direct them in that but when they got to the place in which God was about to take them into the promised land uh they stopped on uh, uh out, just outside the the territory in which God had uh promised them Uh, because of the river, the Jordan River. And uh, Moses said, Hey, we're going to get ready to go in there and we're going to take this land that God has given us because God has directed us to take it and that God is going to be with us. But uh, there were three tribes that... Uh, saw the pr- place in which they had stopped, the place where they had... Uh, it's known as the Transjordan, but it's basically just... Uh, it's uh, the off-ramp right before you get to the Jordan River, okay? And uh, they had stopped there, and they said to themselves... Hey, we're, we're more of sheep herders and we're more of the people that... We've been, we've been wandering around here in the wilderness for 40 years because Dad's too... Uh, now, I was going to make a joke about Dad not wanting to ask for directions, but God directed them through the wilderness and He had caused them to go through the wilderness because of their sin. And they had come to the Jordan River and they were about to go in and they said, This, this place right here... Where we are is, is a nice place. It's flat, it's even. We, we can allow our, our flocks to, to uh, uh, graze in this area. We like this area. So uh, uh, these three tribes, two and a half tribes, half the tribe of Manasseh, uh, um, and uh, let's see, let's get into uh, uh, Scripture here. Chapter thirty two, and they came near unto uh, him and said, uh, "No, wait a minute. Uh, Let me back up a little bit." Numbers chapter thirty two, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, verse two, and said, uh, uh, and to Eleazar the priest and and the priest uh, princes of the congregation, saying, uh, uh, Adaroth and Dibon and Jazer and Nimrah. Uh, and Heshbon and, and all these other people, even the country which uh, the Lord smote before the congregations of Israel is a land for cattle and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore, said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let, us, uh, let this land be given unto thy servants for possession and bring us not over the Jordan. So what they were saying to Moses was, was hey, we like this area. Now, this that particular area, they uh, didn't have to uh, drive out the people like they were going to have to go into battle for the other uh, territory. They said, "Look, we 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 raise cattle. This is a great land for cattle. It's not mountainous. It's it's not as uh, rocky. It's not uh, like all of that. This is a great place to do." our uh to raise our families, we want to stop here. we want to stay in this place and and uh build cities here. Moses believed that they were saying this for an ulterior motive he he believed that they didn't want to have to go in to the promised land and to fight and to do battle. He believed that they wanted to do this so that they wouldn't have to follow God's direction and leadership. It was all about whether or not uh, they were going to do as God was directing them in their life. Now, and that's exactly what uh, the essence of sin is. Sin is knowing what God's will and God's plan for you, what God wants for you in your life, and, doing, and not doing that or doing something else contrary to what God wants you to do. That is what sin is. Sin is, is knowing what the will of God is for your life and not doing it. Sin is knowing what God doesn't want you to do and doing it anyway. It's, it's saying to God, you know, I, I'm... Really know what's best here here in this situation, God. Uh, I know what you've told me, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. I want to be, and, and it all goes back to that original sin in the Garden of Eden, when uh, when uh, the serpent came to Eve and and uh, the serpent said, "Hey, did you happen to notice this tree in the midst of the garden? It's got some beautiful fruit. It's got it looks so luscious and good to the eyes, and and oh, it's so sweet and juicy, and and it tastes so good." And he said. Don't you want to eat some of this fruit? And and Eve said, look... Uh, she didn't say, hey serpent, why are you talking to me? She said, look, God said uh, we're not to to eat that fruit. Not, and what's more, we're not to even to touch it. We're not to... Uh, and really, she should have run away like you know, most people you would think would whenever a, a serpent would come up and start talking to them. But she didn't run away from the serpent. She, she kind of tried to reason. Look, we're not supposed to do this. Anytime we try and reason with sin, anytime we, we try and reason with temptation in our life, we're going to fail. We're going to have problems in our life. It's going to come back just like that boomerang and it's going to come back into our life and cause us problems. And she said, "Uh, look, uh, we're not supposed to do that. (coughs) We're not supposed to eat it. We're not supposed to touch it. We're not supposed to come close to it. Uh, We're getting away from this. Uh, And the serpent said, God really didn't tell you to do that. Now, she, uh, The serpent was telling uh, Eve a half-truth, which is exactly what Satan does to us whenever he tries to deceive us, tries to tempt us. Uh, he will use half-truths that sound true, but aren't true to cause us to, to do the things. And it's not a trick because we deceive ourselves. We allow ourselves to be deceived. And... Uh, Satan said, look, you know, uh, or the serpent said, look, uh, God really didn't say that. Did he really tell you to not do that? And the truth of the matter was is that Eve didn't hear God directly tell Adam that he wasn't supposed to eat of the tree. God had told Adam and Adam had told Eve. And so she didn't know exactly what God had said. She only knew what Adam had said that God had told, him, uh, told them not to do. But anytime we choose to do something that God says not to do or anytime we choose to do uh, something other than what God is directing us to do, it is sin in our life. And it, and sin will always come back and uh, cause us harm. And so Moses said to them, "Look, uh, you you can't get out of the fact that we're to go into uh, the, the promised land and we're to take it. And we're uh, if you choose not to go with us in that, then we're going to uh, exact punishment upon you for that. And God's going to punish you." And they said, "No, what we want is is not to uh, to get out of our." responsibility of going into the promised land and helping you to take it let our children let our old folks let uh, those people who are weak stay behind and tend to the cattle build our city tend to the children but we will send soldiers in and we will fight with you until the whole land is taken and and once the last of the tribes of Israel has settled into the promised land, not until then will we turn back and come back across the Jordan and rejoin with our uh, with our families. And Moses says, I understand what you're saying now. I understand your intention. And uh, their intention was noble. Their intention was good. And so Moses says to them, uh, that's an acceptable thing. And he says in verse 20, uh, 23... But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord. Now, why was he saying that it was a sin against the Lord? Because God had told them, not Moses, but God had told them that Moses was to lead all of the children into the promised land and take all of the land that God had given them. He didn't say anything about... uh, this tri- Hey, we found a good place to land. This is the land that we want. We're going to stop here because we like this. Y'all go ahead and fight the rest of them. It wasn't, hey, we're going to fight until you find the property you want. God was to, deliver, uh, to divide up the land uh, through Moses. It was uh, God that was going to tell the people where they were allowed to, uh, to settle. And to give them that land, uh, but so Moses said, "Hey, if you're going to do that, if you're going to go in with us and fight until uh, they, until you find that we have all uh, taken uh, the land as God has has directed us and taken possession of the land uh, before the Lord, then uh, he says, uh, if you don't do that, you have sinned against the Lord." And this is the scripture that, that everybody loves to quote. This, this scripture along with John 3.16 and, and, and also about the scripture about judging. These are the favorite verses that people will know if they don't know any other scripture. Uh, it says, be sure, what does it say? Be sure your sin will find you out. Now, what does this scripture not say? What is not in this scripture? Now, it doesn't. Uh, this scripture doesn't say you can be sure your sin will uh, uh, will find you. It doesn't say that uh, be sure that uh, that you will. Uh, that others will find out about your sin. It doesn't say uh, be sure you will find out your own sin. It says be sure your sin will find you out. What is he trying to say in this? Be sure your sin will find you out. What Moses is trying to convey to the uh, the children of Israel, what God wants us to know and understand is, is that when we sin, uh, we need to be aware and we need to be sure that our sin will come back upon us when we sin. Uh, the Scripture tells us that everything that we do uh, it has consequence. It's telling us that, that everything in our life has a, uh, a consequence to the things that we do. In First in Peter, uh, uh, the scripture found uh, in First Peter um, chapter five uh, and it's uh, verse eight, it says, uh, "Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Our sin is not uh, uh, something that we can do and just simply say, well, you know, I'm not going to have to worry about that. It's just uh, like I was talking about last week. A lot of times we say in our mind, when we're about to sin, we say, well, it's just a little thing. Nobody else will know. It's just a little thing. It won't hurt anyone else. It's just me doing this. Uh, this is just a little thing. It's not going to affect anyone else but me. And Moses here in, in uh, Numbers is saying... Be sure, hey, be sure you need to understand that if you sin against God, if you sin, your sin is going to come back and be compounded against you. It will come back against you. In 1 Peter, uh, Peter is saying, hey, you need to understand that the adversary is like a, a roaring lion. He's coming after you and he seeks to devour you. Your sin will not only... Come back on you, but he desires to consume you. He desires to uh, uh, overtake you and make you. Uh, it's his prisoner as a result of of your actions. We need to be aware of the fact that that our sin has consequences. Moses was saying to these uh, these children of Israel, "Be careful if you don't live up to your uh, what you have have said." Sin will be coming for you. Sin will be coming back like that boomerang that we talked about at the beginning. That sin is going to uh, make an ark and come right back at you and seek to do you harm. And so the reason that we need to be aware of the fact that our our sins have consequence. Our sin, when we sin in our life, it doesn't just affect ourselves. It doesn't just uh, it doesn't uh, isn't something that we can do, and doesn't affect anyone at all. It affects everyone. It affects us. It affects our family. It affects those that we love. It affects those... Uh, your sin not only comes back and causes you grief and pain in your own life, it changes us. It causes us to be a different person. When we sin a little bit and we think, oh, I've gotten away with it. Sin had not come back yet. Uh, uh, we think, well, I can get away with a little, just a little bit more. I can do a little something else and it, it won't hurt me at all. That sin coming back and starting to affect you. That start, it's beginning to change you. It's beginning to consume you. Then all of a sudden you think, well, hey, I got away with, with taking uh, this pen from the bank. Maybe if I fudge the numbers a little bit and I can get a little bit more from the bank and I can get something else or I can change this number to a 1 instead of a a 3 on my tax returns and that means that I get uh, a $1,000 more back from the government the government's got plenty of money what do I need to worry about the government I can just do that and it won't hurt anybody at all but it'll mean a lot to me to get an extra $1,000 that's sin that that we think is little that's no big uh, insignificant uh, thing, but it'll come back and, and begins to consume us. It causes us to do other sinful things. It causes us to, uh, to to change our attitudes, to change the way that we are. As we were studying in Sunday school in Ephesians, uh, uh, sin in our life changes us uh, into uh, a, a different person. It causes us to be living our life as the old man rather than the new man. It causes us to uh, to, to have a different personality not only in our own life but in the life of our whole community it begins to affect everything that we do it begins to affect everyone that we uh, encounter and it bega- it's just like that small pebble you know, you, you, you talk about uh, when you go to a lake and, and you uh, go to the side of the lake there and you pick up a little pebble and you throw it out into the midst of the lake it plops in It doesn't plop in and just doesn't do anything, does it? It plops in and it makes ripples. Those ripples go out and they affect uh, everything. Don't ever think that your sin won't affect anyone else. It'll affect you. It'll affect the people that you love. It'll affect the people that you come in contact with. Sin has a way of finding you out, as Moses said. And Moses was warning them, if you don't do this, if you don't follow God as, as God is leading us, it will come back on you and have consequence. Not too long after this, a sin of one individual affected uh, the people of Israel so much that nearly the whole tribe of Benjamin was wiped out because of the sin of one man. The sinfulness that he uh, uh, perpetrated in his own life nearly uh, wiped out a whole tribe of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin. I challenge you to look and find that and see what, where I'm talking about. They had to, uh, to do uh, extraordinary things to keep the tribe of ben- And you know how significant the tribe of Benjamin is? The tribe of Benjamin is the tribe in which King David comes from. And so we need to... uh, And from the tribe of Benjamin where King David comes from is uh, is also the lineage of, of Jesus Christ. And so what one person does affects them all. Read the book of Esther. Esther, one individual, was able to save her whole people from annihilation. One individual can make a huge difference in what one individual does, whether they follow after God or they follow after sin. Moses said, God is telling us, if you allow sin into your life, be sure it will find you out. Be sure you know it will come back. We need to fear sin but we need to also understand that we have a Savior who helps us to, to, by removing sin from our life. Removing the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ who came and offered Himself up as a sacrifice on the cross of Calvary for us. So we need to understand that God has a plan for us to overcome the sin in our life, to overcome the penalty and the wages of sin. But that's not an excuse, as Paul said. It's, it's, "That uh, Grace is not an excuse to commit more sin, but rather that it is a reason to change our lives because God has demonstrated His grace towards us. And we're, we're, we ought not to want sin in our life. We ought to want to avoid sin in our life. So we have uh, an understanding of what sin will do. It's, it's just like when I was young, my mom and dad didn't allow me to do a whole lot of things that were dangerous. I can remember as a little child, my mom and dad uh, didn't care all, at all about uh, uh, saying, Hey son, it, the, the grass needs mowing. Get out there and mow the grass. But how dangerous is it for a little child that doesn't know what they're doing to get out and mow grass? Well, it's no big deal. You're just pushing a mower through the grass. Yeah, but okay. What is a lawnmower? It's a combustible engine that is uh, has moving parts to it, and it's moving a blade underneath that deck that's going, uh, uh, you know, really, really fast. And that blade is sharp sharp enough to cut grass but also sharp enough to where if you stuck your toe up under the edge of it, it could chop your toe off chop your foot off. If you put your hand up underneath there it can cut off part of your hand Now a lawnmower is a useful tool but you have to understand the dangers If you understand the dangers you can use it without having uh, a danger in your life Sin is dangerous. We need to understand and know that the only true way to keep sin from affecting our lives is not uh, to allow sin to come into our life, not to have sin in our life, not to allow sin to be a part of us, or if we, uh, when we do have sin in our life, to confess it before God and, and allow God to take it from us as quickly as possible. And so we understand. That sin is dangerous, but God is, uh, can give us the victory over it. Let's join together in prayer. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for Your great love. We thank You for the fact that You give us uh, redemption and forgiveness of our sins. But Lord, so often we want to keep a hold of our sin and allow it to continue to have effect in our life. Lord, help us to understand that sin is dangerous. It can drive us a wedge between our uh, us and and the Father. It can be dangerous in our life and cause us to to drive a wedge between ourselves and other believers, between ourselves and those that we need to reach for Christ. And Lord, we just pray that you would help us to uh, be fearful of the effects of sin in our life, to understand that sin will uh, always come back and do damage if we don't uh, get rid of that sin in our life through confession, repentance, and turning away from that sin. Lord, we pray that You'd help us to grow in our walk with You. Lord, that we would confess our sins before You and, and that we would keep uh, uh, ourselves in Your grace and in Your mercy, so that we would not allow sin to affect us. But Lord, that we would live and walk in the light rather than the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.